the blast from our past network. Hot ride! Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld. Back to back to back to back. Because we love Seinfeld and you love Seinfeld. That's why you're listening to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm Adam. Mid on Corey. And today we are talking Season 9, Episode 11, The Dealership. It first aired on January 8th, 1998. Corey, welcome to the new year, 1998. It is the final year of Seinfeld. Are you ready for this? I mean, sort of, but not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The end of Seinfeld, 1998. It was the end of Soundgarden. I remember that, too. One of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah. But uh, 98, yeah, good year. But, um, well, you know. I know you guys just dropped uh, the Pearl Jam uh, album review on Blast mm-hmm. from Our Past. This is going to be, by the time you guys listen to this, way, way in late. the past. Um, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Uh, I really want to, but I had to watch the episodes today. I know you're a per I assume you're a Pearl Jam fan. Um, I wasn't yep. sure that you were also a Soundgarden fan as well. But where does Alice in Chains land for your uh, grunge favorites? Okay. All right. Um, so when I was in like the 90s, I was always like a Pearl Jam guy first and foremost. As I've gotten older, I've listened to more and more Soundgarden. Uh, I saw Soundgarden live. They were phenomenal. I uh, saw them at Lollapalooza in 2010, I think it was. Um, maybe 2011, before Chris Cornell died, of course. He yeah. Didn't, you know. Um, and uh, but Pearl Jam is probably my number two. Soundgarden number one. Nirvana number th- Nope. Nope. STP. Yeah. Is number three. My fir- That I was my love- first concert I ever went to was Stone Temple Pilots. Love. I've seen them as well. My, me and my brother went and saw Stone Temple Pilots. They were phenomenal. Um, and then Nirvana. I like Nirvana. I just think they're, they got overrated. I mean, yeah. Cobain's death shot them to the, yeah. to the, to yeah. the skyrocks. And like, I, I mean, I like their stuff. Yeah, of course. And so Alice in Chains is probably right behind Nirvana. Okay. Well, you know what? Unless you count Temple of the Dog. I love Temple of the Dog yeah, more. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I totally get it. Um, and they're one for, album. For me, it was probably uh, Pearl Jam was number one for me. And then um, Alice in Chains was number two. Yeah. And then Alice in Chains kind of overtook it. And then I transitioned uh, from Alice in Chains into White Zombie and then went from White Zombie to uh, Tool. Um, oh, Tool's a phenomenal yeah. band. And I've seen them multiple times. Uh, I never saw Pearl Jam in concert. Um, and I never saw I never saw Soundgarden in concert, and I never saw Alice in Chains in concert when Lane Staley yeah. was alive. But my first concert I've mentioned probably multiple times on the show was uh, STP and Butthole Surfers was the first uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. concert <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> that, nice. that I ever went to. It was fantastic. A little bit of uh, grunge nostalgia for everybody out there. We'd love to hear your yeah. first concert or favorite oh, yeah. grunge artist or go. whatever. I'm sure there's plenty that we haven't even mentioned. Um, I know there are plenty. And so if you guys want to talk about that, let us know. Go to our uh, Facebook page and, you know, drop some comments on your favorite grunge artist. I'm very curious about that. Exactly. Exactly. So, but we're not talking about grunge. We're not talking no. about all that. We are talking about the dealership. Jerry decides to buy a new car from Putty. A starving George accuses a mechanic of stealing his Twix bar, 
Kramer test drives a car, emptying its gas tank. Putty's obsession with high fives leads Elaine to break up with him, dot, 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 again. So my question to you is, was this episode sponsored by Twix? <laughs> and BMW? <laughs> it, yeah. Can I, well, no, no, it was Saab. Oh, Saab. Saab. Right, you're right, you're right, yeah. Saab, yeah. Uh, it does feel a bit like it. A, <laughs> Twix was mentioned an ungodly amount of times. <laughs> So, all right, let's go into our scene by scene breakdown. Uh, Jerry and George are at a car dealership and they're talking about flying cars. And they're like, what's the holdup? What's the deal with flying cars? And, and Jerry even it, makes a, a reference to Blade Runner and the flying cars in that. Exactly. I mean, they don't mention the flying cars in the Back to the Future stuff. Or he's like, oh, what is the uh, competition? Uh, chitty chitty bang bang. We're like, well, there's been other flying cars. Have you ever seen? <laughs> uh, I think you know. Well, Fifth Element. Well, I think was was that '98. Uh, maybe that was out yet. But uh, but by now we don't. We definitely have had Back to the Future. And yeah, they're the flying DeLorean and that one and a bunch of other stuff. But that, they went with Blade Runner instead. <laughs> Overall. I didn't care for this. This felt like a fucking bad cold open. It's exactly it's like, wow, this is a cold open and exactly like a lot of the other stuff. And I was like, I don't care for this. You got me used to being like legitimately into the story in the first scene. And then you fucking took me out. That's just how I felt. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And the only reason that it's even connected is because they're at the dealership at that point. But what they're having mm -hmm. a discussion about is completely, you know, off whatever yeah. they're doing. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They could have at least set up. Why does Jerry need a new car at this point? You could have made a, a, a you know, talked about all the times that Kramer messed up his car. It could be a funny gag where, where uh, George is like, hey, wh why are we here? You know, obviously something better than that. But then Jerry just goes, well, Kramer did this, 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 yeah. this, this, you know what I mean? And kind of like he, humorously he lists off too much. way too yeah. much things, you know? Yes. Yeah. I, it's anything, anything to tie it in better than just searching for a car. But, and, and I didn't. The whole flying car. We've had those conversations. Like, I get the conversation, but it just it just wasn't funny to me. Right. And the only thing I liked was the Blade Runner reference, which I I love Blade Runner. And hey, go check me out uh, talking about it on Ready to Retro. At this point, probably like three months ago. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a boring movie. I'm not gonna lie. I, I just think it's a boring film. And that's I I totally get that, man. Like Blade Runner is one of those movies where I'm like, I love it, but if you tell me that you don't. I, I'm okay. fine with that. I'm not going to, like, try to sway you on it because I get it. I think it's made for – like, it's made for a certain kind of nerd like me. Yeah, some people shit on me for that. No. And no. I get it. I mean, I've done I've done the same thing to other people. But, like, you know, they're like, oh, God, you went to film school? You must love Blade Runner. I'm like, no. no I just don't think it's that great of a it, movie. It's almost as if art is subjective. <laughs> yes, it is. So, Except Seinfeld. Everybody <laughs> fucking loves Seinfeld. That's right. That's right. Okay? All right. All right, uh, we come back, and Jerry is you know, wanting to buy a new car, uh, but George, you know, he wants him to haggle. George really forces the whole haggle thing, but the thing is, Jerry doesn't need to. And so, like, what does it fucking matter? But but more so, he's getting the insider deal from Putty. Right. Um, and so it's like, you know what? He's not going to get screwed. He doesn't have to worry about that stuff. But ultimately, it's just like, George, you're really forcing this when ultimately Jerry makes more money than you. And not everybody loves the haggle, and we have both had this discussion. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe ad nauseum. If you force me to haggle, fuck you. I just walk away, and I'm not walking away as a haggling thing like George would. I'm walking away because I don't like that. Right. I will pay the value that I see it or not, and that's it. 
And I just want to say at the top of this episode, because I'm sure I'm going to make references to it later, my dad was a used car salesman pretty much my entire life. He was a police officer in Roanoke, Virginia, uh, until I was about five years old, and then he did something to get kicked off the force. I don't haven't quite deciphered <laughs> what that is uh, yet. Um, but uh, taking he, bribes, he, he might be taking that one to his grave. I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure. But uh, and then he became he killed a man. He killed, he killed, a, man. killed a man. Yeah, <laughs> but he. He was a used car salesman pretty much my entire life, and which is also the reason I've never had to buy a car before because, you know, he just uh, kind of would always hook me up or whatever. But I have – I'm 44 years old with no experience buying a car, but yet very much a lot of experience dealing with salesmen. So uh-huh. I, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen when we eventually do need to get a car and I can actually put my knowledge to use. Um, but later on when Putty rattles off all the things that, you know, <laughs> oh man, this is just like my dad, but we'll, we'll talk, I'll talk more about it as okay. things sort of pop up. But I just wanted okay. you all to sort of know what my background was going into this episode, which means, you know, visiting my dad as a kid, I spent a lot of time in the car dealership, kind of just hanging out, yada, yada, yada. So that's where I come Cut. from. Kind of like that uh, one guy's dad who just sits there talking about fucking Skittles. Almost exactly <laughs> like that, just at a different age range. On the other end of the age uh-huh. coin. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So uh, Jerry and George go inside. Um, we also see Kramer there. He's jumping up and down on the back of a fucking one of the sobs. Uh, and then he's also and then one, he's under the sob. Um, and this guy, the salesman, sees him. And Kramer's like, hey. I've got this buddy and I'm going to help convince him to pick out a car. And so I want to take him, take one on a test drive. Poor Rick. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Fucking poor Rick. All right. Uh, George is just vehement about strong arming people for a deal. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, the the walkout is the big thing. Anybody, you know, come talk to him about all that shit. He, uh, he, he pulls up to me. I hate this stuff so much. Like I have, I personally have trouble with George in this episode because I'm just like, I can't relate. I don't find it funny. I hate this stuff because not to say I, I don't get anxious about it. I just don't, I don't like it. It's like, that's not my style, you know? And so I, now those people do exist. I've seen those people. I think they're insane. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and I think George is insane. Oh yeah. And spoiler alert. I fucking can't stand George this episode. Awful. He's awful. He's, so. he's hangry the entire episode. He is, even though he shouldn't be. Uh, and we'll bring that up. Yeah. Um, that's a big old fucking plot hole right there. <laughs> All right. In comes Putty and Elaine. And they just got back from lunch. At Arby's. At Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> At Arby's. Putty, I love it. So we haven't had the, it's, it feels like an Arby's night, but that is a classic Putty's I, line. I know. Uh, and, but and, like, here's, and here's one thing. My... My wife loves Arby's. I at this point in my life, I could take it or leave it. I could. Oh. I would rather eat somewhere else. <laughs> but if I have to get Arby's, I'm gonna get the Big Montana. I'm gonna get the roast beef, you know. But Myra loves Arby's. She's like putty level loving Arby's. Oh yeah. wow! I I like Arby's. I don't go to it often. I actually, if I my Taco Bell or sorry. My fast food of choice is probably Taco Bell. Mm. I tend to get there more than anything else. But I like Arby's. It's a big old fucking stack of meat. Tastes great. But it's meat that comes 
I know. Liquefied. Don't tell me. Don't. It's, it comes as a liquid, and then they like fucking cook it in these. God. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. It still tastes good. Give me Roy Rogers any day of the week. And guys no. and gals, if you live in on the East Coast, you know what I'm talking about. Give me that Roy's, baby. No, nobody gives a shit about Roy's. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but anyway, so Jerry, uh, you know, picks his car. He's gonna get the Saab uh, nine nine hundred, and Putty. Wants to get a high five. High five. High five. <laughs> high five. <laughs> Which you can just tell Jerry, he does it at this point, but he's visibly not excited about it. He does not like a high five. No, no, no. No. All right. We cut to the test drive and Kramer is just doing his own thing. The guy, you know, has a particular route, but Kramer's like, no, no, no. I don't drive around here. You know, you're going to, you'll see where I go. And, and he's just going to do his own thing. And I I looked up uh, the guy who plays Rick, mm-hmm. and his name is Daniel Hagen. Um, he's been in a ton of shit, but like yet I I'm like I didn't watch that, I didn't watch this, and it's like I think I only know him from here, but yet mm-hmm. he feels weirdly familiar to me, you know? Yeah, over a hundred credits. Uh, but I agree. Like I'm looking through his stuff. I'm like it's uh, just a lot of voice stuff. Good for him. But plenty of it, I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah, exactly. Know but yet a lot of work though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for him. And I like him in this episode too. Yeah, I, I, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. So, all right. Uh, George is getting hungry. He wants some donuts because you know they they leave them out for people apparently. Um, but you know couldn't get any. He does give some advice to Jerry um before he goes over, you know, don't don't make any deals or any of that kind of stuff and he heads out. Uh Jerry talks to Putty about, you know, oh, what a nice promotion. You're no longer a grease monkey. <laughs> and he is not doesn't not a fan of that phrase. He says. <laughs> and they kind of start talking about I guess chimps in in sign language yeah. and start talking about Coco. He's like, "That chimps all right. High five. <laughs> High fives over Coco the monkey, which they do. And George is freaked out because he's like, "No, no, no! Don't make any deals." But no, it's we saw the same monkey. Now I do find it interesting that Seinfeld is gonna dip back into the Coco the monkey well when Kruger calls George Coco the monkey eventually this season yeah like, I, I, why do they keep going why have they gone back to coco it was dude i'll just say is i mean it, coco was a big deal back in the 90 late 90s like this yeah. I, and why i guess because a monkey learned sign language i was still a little bit young but i remember how big of a deal that kind of was kind of like when they did cl- when they did cloning too i just remember these yeah, micro the yeah. yeah it was sheep and everything and, and they're gonna actually reference that i think next episode or something mm-hmm. um but yeah i think the coco thing was just a big fucking deal at the time yeah i mean this was kind of a interesting thing that's like they dipped their toe to the, con- the coco thing but then they use it better um in the next bit you know which i can't remember what episode it'll yeah. be but it'll be this season right yeah it's Kruger who talks about it so Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found. 
I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke. (laughs) So unfortunately for George, there are no more donuts. And so instead, they do have a vending machine. So he's going to go get a candy bar. Jerry, while Putty shows George where the the, uh, candy is, Jerry talks to Elaine about high fives. Yeah, I love how he goes, slapping hands is the lowest form of primate ritual. In fact, some of them are doing sign language now. What do you think the the Nazis were doing? That's the Heil Five. And I like how Elaine's like, is is that a bit? Are you doing a, a bit, you know, on me? And he's like, it was a good bit in the 80s and it's still relatable today. And I just, I like more so than Jerry doing stand up like at the beginning of the show. I like when there's he quote unquote uses bits on Elaine or something and she calls him out on it. Are you are you testing a bit on me? Are you you know, I I like it when they it's almost like how the sausage is made for comedians. That's almost what I want more from the show is Jerry trying bits and lines out and seeing what works, you know? Yeah. And I actually I'm quite certain we actually heard that bit in Seinfeld before in one back when they used to do the, bit. the comedy bits. Yes. I, I'm the, almost, the I'm Heil almost five. certain he's, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I feel like now maybe it's just this episode yeah. getting that to me, but no g- but, guys and gals, if he let it leave a comment on Facebook or, or Patreon, if he made the, the, the Heil five joke already, um, let us, let us know. Or even if he made it back in the eighties as a comedian and they're just yeah. resurrecting it for this, let us know. Cause neither of us actually really know offhand. Yeah, I can't. I, I I couldn't find it. Uh, you know if it was in previous stuff or not. But um, all right. So George goes for a Twix. <laughs> I do like the little noise he makes as it gets to the B five or whatever. Um, and uh, unfortunately, well, he took a money. He took money from, from Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. So you can kind of assume he doesn't have any money. Right. But it's not it's not established he doesn't have any money. But he took a dollar. You, he might have like assume. 20s on him or something, but he, he took a dollar from Jerry. I, and unfortunately, yes. it's a very crinkled up dollar. And we all have had this happen to us. Now, George is being a fucking idiot trying to cram it in there. Now, he didn't even once. He tried to smooth it on his chest. You do the fucking you back the and forth thing. on yeah. the corner. The side thing. Everybody does that. Yeah, yeah. And oh my I, God, someone in the crowd lost their shit when George's dollar wouldn't work. And I was like, yeah. it's, ooh, it's not that funny guy, but hey, they, it's they were relatable like, hey, though. We've, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've all dealt with it though. Exactly. Yeah. They really related to it. Yeah. And then this, uh, large mechanic guy kind of comes in, uses a crisp $1 bill, gets the food that he wants and then walks away. And George is trying to trade a dollar bill for him and all this kind of stuff, but he's not having it. He just shoots it down. And so that large mechanic who George doesn't know his name could be Sam, Mark. It's actually Don. Um, <laughs> but nice, yeah. Played so by Joel. And then they never mentioned that, though. They just kind of go off George's like, yeah. oh, it must be a short name, yeah. like a bullshit mechanic. And it is. It, it's Don. It's, you know, three 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 letters. But um, his name uh, is played by Joel McCrary. Um, 
again, another guy who you'll scroll through and he's like, you know, he's in a, he's in American beauty. He's like in a bunch of different stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't recognize him from anything in particular, but like, I recognize him. It probably yep. is just from this episode that I recognize him from. Yeah. I, I'm the same. Yeah. He's another over a hundred credit person, but yeah, just not, not enough stuff that yeah. I know. So, Okay. All right, uh, but yeah, we just ultimately we're getting that George is very, very hungry. That's important to me, and a bit of a frustration later. It's, it's, it's almost as if they built an entire Snickers ad campaign on how George is Twix. feeling in this episode. The, yes, the, the Twix ad campaign. No, that's Snickers with "Are you feeling angry?" Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, the, yeah, okay, you're not you quite yourself right now. Take a yes, savage. Yeah, yes. that one. Yeah, yeah. All right, Kramer. And the salesman, Rick, they're driving around, continuing to keep driving on, like, you know, lower gas and running errands and shit like this, This, which currently at this moment, the salesman is uncomfortable with. Of course, he's being kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what's happening. All right. uh, George looks for money on the floor and all this stuff. All he needs is, you know, just a little bit more. um, But he does get what he needs. I guess, even though Jerry doesn't give him a nickel, does he? No, he's like, he still needs a nickel, but Jerry doesn't give him one. And then Jerry's asking, should I get the CD player? And I'm like, it's 1998. How are you not getting the CD player in your car? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? But but but, also, but then all of a sudden, George starts putting money into the thing as if he's got enough money for it. Yeah, yeah, because he said he needed so another nickel. So where did he get the nickel? Yeah, he said he needed a nickel, yeah, yeah. Unless maybe pick something that was five cents cheaper, but that's just, uh, that's just giving the, the, the script leeway at that point, you know? I don't, yeah, I don't remember Jerry giving the nickel, but maybe he did, and I just, it did, it, maybe it lost, but yes, he, yeah, pick the CD player. Of course you pick the fucking CD player. Yeah, exactly. I guess the I only still, other option would I, have been you, you get an aftermarket one and have them swap it out, but. Yeah, but people don't think like that. No. I would still want, I still want a CD player in a car that I got, because guess what? I still have a couple CDs and I want to fucking use them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> Deal with that. So, but yeah, so anyway, uh, George gets the Twix. And oh, of course, it gets stuck. Of course, and we we have um, all of us have had this shit happen. Before. Of course, just swing, just knock it over, baby. Just start wiggling that vending machine. And he does for a bit, but uh, you know, doesn't go full force. But maybe he should use some of the money that he had, must have had later, whatnot, to just get another fucking Twix. But whatever, he doesn't do it. Um, just a little, little comment on later. Uh, so yeah, it's not dropping, and he's frustrated. Are, are you uh, referring right, the, to the candy lineup later? Is that what you're Of course I'm referring to the goddamn candy lineup. Where the fuck does he get the money? Doesn't make any goddamn sense. He could have just... And where did he get all those Twixes? Because there were no more Twixes in the oh, he, fucking he, vending machine. I, well, we'll talk about it, but I think he went to a convenience store close by. Well, he that didn't begs explain the that. Is, why didn't you just go now to the convenience store? He didn't explain that he went yeah. to a fucking convenience store. And why didn't he eat something there? Because okay. he's still fucking hungry and... Uh, be, be, because Georgia's storyline... Is trash this episode. <laughs> it is. All right. Uh, the car is almost out of gas um, for Kramer, but he keeps going and he just wants to keep going on it. And, Woo. And, I do, and he's like saying all this stuff to Rick and everything. And I like how Rick just boils it down. He goes, so you want to know how far you can drive your friend's car for free, basically. <laughs> he's oh, like, yeah. he was like, yeah, basically. I like that. I like when you try to like do this like over, you know, mm-hmm. Exemplary, you're trying to explain what you're doing, and then he just boils it down to so you're just a mooch, basically. Yep. All right. So George tried to get some money or complain about the dangling Twix when he comes back in. It's gone. The Twix and the Twix behind it are missing. 
And the mechanic from earlier, though, that he sees him through a window is eating a Twix. If he's, he's eating that Twix like he's smoking a cigar. At one point, it's in his <laughs> mouth like a fucking cigar. And we've all done that, by the way. All Twix fans have oh. done that at least once. Had it in your oh. mouth like a cigar. And I am a big Twix fan, by the way. Twix fan, Twix do more than any of the others look like a cigar. Yeah, or a turd, one of the two. Well, the baby Ruth looks like a turd. That's established in, in Caddyshack. In Caddyshack. Thank you, sir. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I'm so happy you picked that one up. But uh, yeah, uh, George is furious right now. All right, Putty uh, high fives Elaine on the flip side. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> Do you remember? I remember. Don't of leave course. me hanging. Of that was a thing. Of course. But Elaine, it tells him he should be above that. You know, he's not a grease monkey anymore. Again, sets him off. He's upset. He doesn't like that kind of nomenclature. And I like how he also says, I don't know any monkeys who can, uh, you know, disassemble a uh, fuel injector. And he's right. Yeah, no. Like, I'll just take a second to say uh, mechanics are are not morons. Cars are fucking, you know, hard to figure out. They're very complicated machines. If you know how to fucking take one apart and put it back together and fix it and diagnose it. And like, yeah, mechanics are not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. No, and I want to take it a little bit further, a little rant that I try to say as many times as I can. Um, anyone out there who feels that they, you know, have to go to college to have a good career, fuck that. Go to a trade school. You can learn either mechanics or HVAC or plumbing or electricity. Yeah. And guess what? You can kind of set your own schedule a yeah. lot of the times and you make bank because guess what? You know skills. That no one else fucking knows, and they have to pay you because you are a skilled, talented fucking person. And you can, you, it, it's ridiculous how we have shot down trade schools as an importance, but like now we are all realizing, oh, wait, we did that for years, and now we don't have enough tradesmen, and shit, now and we're trades all fucking. Women. And trades, yes, and trades women. And, like, honestly, it's like now, oh, shit, we have to wait forever to get our fucking plumbing fixed or electricity fixed or other shit like that because there's not enough of them, and they can charge whatever the fuck they want. Yep. Tradespeople make this country run, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just a little, I just want to say I'm very pro-putty when it and pro-mechanic when it comes to this. So am I, my friend. So am I. Yeah. So, But putty himself. He does start acting a lot immature and things like that. And so they, of course, Elaine and Putty are going to do what they do and they break up. Of course. So he goes back to Jerry. But now tell us all this kind of shit. He starts adding onto these uh, uh, these charges, rust proofing and and a finder's fee and a fucking you have to charge for keys. What is this bullshit? Yeah, man. I mean, like, all that shit is the shit that my dad would would love upselling. My dad viewed it as a game, man. To him, it was a challenge. He fucking loved it. and getting. But what he loved was getting one over on somebody. He loves that challenge of it. The exact opposite of me, and I know you yeah. in this regard and everything, but it takes a certain kind of person to be a salesperson, you know? But this mm -hmm. is where they make their money on, undercoating and all that kind of stuff. We don't know what that is, but that's where they make their money on, you know? And that's how these, and that's how my dad would, you know, obviously pay the bills, right, with, with this. But yeah. for him, it was a challenge, and it was a challenge that he enjoyed. It was like a, yeah. a sparring match, you know, essentially. Yeah, it is interesting. Definitely not my style, like like I, yeah, I cannot stand the upsell no. um, and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, 
Um, oh shit, I had. A At the same time, these guys work on commission though, so and they do have yeah. families to to feed and everything. But it's just it is what it is, you know. Yeah. It's. Uh, it, oh yeah. I, um, I feel I would be a great salesman if I didn't have to deal with that upsell shit. Mm-hmm. Like if if there was a product that I really fucking loved and I wanted to just convince about the product, I could do that. But if it's like the car salesman, yes. They're doing all this scammy shit that doesn't mean anything, but it's because they get that commission. So up the price, up the price. You and, so, you and I are kind yeah. of the people we, – we can't endorse something we don't actually believe in to begin with. Yes, yeah. If I believe in it, absolutely. Yeah. I can fucking probably talk a lot of people into it if I believe it. Exactly, yeah. No. But so, all right. my dad, it didn't matter to him. He was just trying to fleece okay. as many people as he could. Okay, sounds like a great guy. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So George confronts that Twix eating mechanic, and he says, "No, I was eating a Fifth Avenue bar." Which George, um, you know, says bullshit. I saw cookie crumbles on your on your stuff and on and your then, corner of your mouth. They like the corner of your guys mouth. Guys like, oh, kind of does, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which a, a Fifth Avenue bar is actually much more akin to a Butterfinger. Yes. Um, where it's kind of got like peanut butter layers things. Um, but, you know, and so the, the Twix is the only candy with a cookie crunch. Yeah. Yeah. This episode, George's storyline at this point is now is going to turn into the the candy rant, essentially. Yeah. And I. All right. Here's the thing. I relate to George because guess what? I've eaten so much goddamn candy. I'm a fat fuck. I can pick out candies just from the look of them. Oh, it's yeah. so fucking easy. Anybody can. No one looks at a goddamn Twix and thinks it's a fucking Snickers. No. Are you a goddamn idiot? No, that's that's madness. The people who don't know what different candies are, that's insane. I, I'm with you, buddy. Yeah. I You could unwrap them. I could tell you it. Fucking that's a Zero yeah. Bar. That's an Almond Mound. That's an Almond Joy or whatever. You know, that's fucking Twix. That's Snickers. That's Milky Way. I mean, you can even see the difference between a, Snicks, a, Sni- Snicks, a Snickers and a Milky Way from the outside. Yes. You know, like, dude, I can call the candy lineup. I would have crushed at the candy lineup. Yes. I've done, I've done like, the online tests of, like, the pictures of yeah. them. And I fucking nail them every time. Fuck. Um. But yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a bit of a frustration. <laughs> so, yes. but he says it was nougat and whatnot, which isn't in the bullshit. Uh, exactly. All right. Uh, Jerry rushes in complaining, you know, Hey George, it, this deal is going awry. You know, he needs to, to play hardball with him. So um, before we dive into that, Kramer keeps driving and I you know it's ultimately it's stressing out the salesman right now. We're just getting like these, you know, cutbacks to him and he's going on his wild journey and it's gonna happen twice but kramer almost hits something in the road and the guy's got to be like oh and i'm like the road and it's whoa wacky i I can you know what i can see i can see them filming that scene without that in the script and being like guys we need you to do something else to make this interesting you know yeah and they do that and i'm i was like "Eh, i didn't like that i actually like the just them being normal and, and doing stuff versus the craziness you know of that yes Sure, I can agree with that. All right, uh, Jerry brings in George to play hardball with Putty, um, you know, who keeps changing things. He's got a yellow uh, uh, sob for him now as opposed to the, the black, black that one. he wanted. Yes, all this kind of bullshit that I'm sure some people have to deal with. Yeah, why don't you um, just like, I- say, okay, cool, you don't have a black one? I'm going to go to the next sob dealership. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, that that's what I, just, I would walk out and just be like, no, you've lost your chance to be honest with me. You are not honest. 
I will not fucking buy from you. Simple as that. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. I don't do the back and forth. It's if you're not going to be honest with me from the start, you're fucked. Yep. Uh, or, you, or you just not fucked. You lost my business. So, anyway. Um, George, though, is not playing hardball. He's just focused, solely focused on the candy bar situation. And that's all he's talking about. So it's not helping Jerry one bit. No, no. And I mean, I, I, the point I guess they're trying to go here is that like he's so hungry that he's like focused on this. But I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just I just found George very annoying this episode. Yep, I agree. All right. We cut back to Kramer and Rick, who Rick is now on board he's excited yeah. he's never felt so alive yeah, I, you know, I like he, that he, i like the switch yeah um but they they want to keep going just like thelma and louise yeah so yeah keep doing it uh jerry calls elaine and <laughs> he, I, he calls elaine in a panic and she does the thing that we've called out multiple times that jerry does to george when he's in a panic and she goes who is this? And Jerry does the slamming the phone against the, you know, he mm-hmm. does the whole thing. I love it. And I, Cause I love the fact that this was a joke that took, you know, multiple years to build up to. Yes, absolutely. That is wonderful. Um, I agree. Exactly. We had multiple times with Jerry. Now it's turned on Jerry's head. It works even better. And then what I really also love in this, ep- in this section right here, um, Jerry and Elaine are talking. And if you look at Jerry's shot, Putty is in the background in the soft focus. You know, you, yeah. you can tell yeah. it's it's him. And he is literally just staring. Oh, no, no, that's awesome. <laughs> I, need to, I need to go back here and watch that. He's, he's just doing the Putty stare. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love the Putty stare. <laughs> so, so that just that's just a nice nether little onion peel layer yeah. that makes yeah. that gag better. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month, we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But... Even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. All right, uh, George uh, reports a problem with the mechanic uh, to, I guess, the head, head guy mechanic, the mechanics yeah. or whatever. Yep, and here they have this little confusion over candy bars and talking about, like, no, I I don't like coconut in mine, but there's no coconut. George knows everything about candy bars. Everyone else knows nothing. I will say this gag is funny, even though I think it's so bullshit and unbelievable. Everybody has a favorite candy bar. That's simple as that. Like, you know your favorite candy bar. You know what's good for you. 
Like, it, it's uh, unbelievable, but at the same time, I thought this gag and the, the quick talk of, like, we're jumping around the room with different people, like, talking about their own experiences, I did like this scene. So my note for this scene is, I don't care for George's uh, storyline, but the dialogue and pacing in this scene yep. right here was fantastic. Yes. I This scene as a whole... I would say I'm sure somebody in writing class comedy writing has just taken this scene out and shown, like, here's how you do quick pacing, quick cutting, back and forth. Everything in this scene feels just so fast-paced, so relatable, because everyone's mm -hmm. talking about their different candies. But at the same time, there's a point to the scene. It goes somewhere. It's awesome. As much as I fucking mm -hmm. hate George's storyline, it's worth it for this scene right here. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Elaine comes to the dealership, and now, another little flip on the head here, Jerry has to kind of act like the salesman getting them back together. And I realize, hey, you know, what do I have to do to get you two in a relationship yep, today? Yep, <laughs> yep. Good dialogue, good flip on the script. Uh, Kramer and Rick stop for a snack, and they have a completely unnecessary confusion between Twix and coconut, but I guess yeah. it's just a tie just it in to together. Tie it in, yeah. Sure. He, I I felt like, oh, okay. Is he gonna get? Is he allergic to coconut? Like, does he get? Does Kramer get one and then accidentally he eats it and then oh my god, he almost said no because the car um started. Which apparently they they left they it left running, yeah. On, and it, started, running. it started sputtering a little bit, so yeah. so Rick was gonna get out and kind of give it some gas. Kramer stops him, uh -huh. you know, and and you know they get back in the car to do their thing. I don't even think Kramer got you know, the food. But I do like when they get back in the car, Kramer mentions like something and the guy goes, it's Rick, by the way. And Kramer goes, no time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He calls him like, you know, let's get going, John, or something like that. It's like, it's Rick, by the no way. No time. Well, because he did the whole speech of like, you know, when 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 people talk to us and they say, Kramer and that other guy did this. Yeah, because uh, it's and Rick. And then he's like, it's Rick, by the way. He doesn't it. care. He I doesn't love care. it. I do, I do very much, aside from the Rick and Kramer, like the Kramer thing, like almost hitting something. Like, I don't know, the weird driving or whatever, aside from that uh -huh. little stupid gag. Um, I actually really like the Rick and Kramer dynamic because it goes back yeah. to the whole Kramer just kind of gets along with everybody and almost to the point where if I were Rick, I'd want to get, I'd want to get caught up in one of Kramer's uh, antics just to fucking break up the monotony of, of the day. You know mm. what I mean? And yeah. I think that's what Rick ultimately leans into. He's like, fuck it. Let's go on an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Then George gives, um, not, I'm not calling this iconic, but like a thing that I feel like, well, maybe it's from, it's from being in these Facebook fucking groups where I, I swear to God, Twix is mentioned every other day and Candy Bar Lineup is mentioned every other fucking day. He does the Candy Bar Lineup and he opens the door. Oh, no, it's all been eaten. Hey, check it out. Free candy. <laughs> that one lady. Yeah. But like, I love I that lady. By the way, I love that, that lady. She's great. <laughs> that, that, lady's, that lady's energy yeah. is fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> but I do go back to what the fuck. Where did he get all these Twixes? Yeah. There were no more in the thing. Where did he get the money for this? When he bought them, why didn't he just fucking eat them? Because he was hungry. Like, right, or, or buy one happened? extra and eat it. Yeah, because clearly he had to go to a, a, a gas station, which I am guarantee you is a gas station nearby or a 7-Eleven. He had to go there because somehow they, they mentioned but, it's been an hour. So, But he, he, he didn't say that, though. I, I, but it, it, but 
so I'm assuming that's what he did. But then why didn't he buy one extra one for himself to eat? Because he bought all Twixes. We're going to find out. They were all Twixes, yeah. you know. So he clearly cleared out the, the 7-Eleven next door. But any Anyone, even blind people, could tell that the same candy bar is the same candy bar. No one would can, can think, oh, well, that one's a Twix, that one's a Snickers. When they look exact, they're all made from a hey, fucking machine. Hey, what's the one with uh, in the commercial with the sp- the spinning chocolate? The <laughs> They all have swirling, <laughs> swirling chocolate. chocolate. There you go. Uh, oh, man, this episode just makes me want a Twix real fucking bad, though. <laughs> I like I do. do. All right, so I often eat my Twix. I, I'm curious if you're the same. You're probably not. I eat them. Where I will kind of turn them sideways. I'll eat the caramel yeah, you off kind the of top. Scrape it off with your teeth. I scrape. Yeah, 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 I, I don't scrape that. it off with my teeth, but yeah. I, I will. Do, I, I'll take it from the sides, yeah. like you know, and I'll take off the caramel, eat the whole caramel and chocolate, and then I eat the cookie. Uh, second, you, you might you might dis- dissect it a little bit more than I do, but I've done okay. that as well. And I mean, yeah. Twix is my number one favorite candy bar, uh, but in wow. my in my top, okay. you know, three, five, whatever. I, I like I do like zero. I like uh, three Musketeers. Um, I don't like a lot of nuts, and I don't like uh, coconut. It's, it's, I mean, I won't turn it down. Mm. There's no candy that I don't like, but there's ones that I'll. I'll prefer over, you know. Okay, I love uh, coconut, so like okay. almond joy, I'm a big fan of. Um, I I love the zero bar. A lot of yeah. people shit on the zero bar, and they can go to hell. And it's like, and it's like one of those old school candies that have been around forever, yeah. like Charleston Chew and whatnot, you mm-hmm. know. But it's it's delicious. Yeah, it's, it's almost like an in. It's like an inverse Snickers. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> don't so. and don't sleep on the Three Musketeers either. Those so they're so no, light and good. fluffy with that nougat, <laughs> baby. I'm literally texting John. Have we done a top ten candy bars episode? Yeah, I was gonna say because you need to do one with to to because you've had the 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 cereal one and everything, but uh, you do need to do a candy bar one at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And then we, I just want to, I'm gonna buy them all. Yeah, and I'm gonna exactly do that. Yeah, exactly. Like without question. Yeah. You know, and it needs and to be give yourself the beatus. <laughs> yeah, it can't just be candy because then candy's no, too big. No, 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 because then you get into the, you got to make a separation between chocolate and fruit, right? Like there's that's yes. two different episodes. One so, episode yeah, is yeah. all candy bar chocolates, and one episode is all you got to put some time in between those two, otherwise you're gonna lose a fucking foot, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm probably there. Yeah, I'm, I'm texting him right now because I'm excited about this. I wanted this movie to happen. I know you should. Yeah, I mean, would you uh, Reese's like a Reese's peanut butter cup? You would consider that in like chocolate bar world. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. If it has yeah, chocolate, yeah. Okay. it's in it's chocolate bar. Yes, yep. yeah. And I fully support that episode idea. I, I'm doing yeah. <laughs> I'm texting him like yeah, we have to do like a chocolate one and then a fruity all gummy one. Yeah, fuck yep. yes, I love that. And for the that fruity all gummy damn. one, hands down without question, original Mike and Ike's are my favorite. Fruity You're high. candies You're fucking, of all time. Uh, you, you are you like fifty nine years old? I love Mike and X babies so much. They're good. They're not. They're not top. They're my number one, numero uno. Okay. No. Yeah, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> anyway, so we haven't even gotten to. Yeah, they're all um, you know eating them, and George does the. Now he's done it multiple times. Look to the sky and the twirling shot. Twix! Yeah. Which I don't know why because it's not Twix's fault. It's not Twix's fault. I mean, they're all Twixes. That's the whole joke. Is like He's like, they were all Twixes. And you're all eating Twixes because there's going to be a... Yeah, and then they do the... Yeah, and you know what? Guess what? Doesn't land. I'm just like, okay. Doesn't yeah. land. Yeah. Doesn't land. Yeah. What does land, though, 
is Jerry and Elaine and Putty hear it. And they're like, what was that? And he says, ah, I think there's a mental hospital hospital nearby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. Especially like that because it comes back. And, and now that Putty and, and Elaine are sort of back together, I like that Jerry's like, all right, now let's get back to my deal. That undercoating, that's a ripoff, isn't it, David? And Putty goes, oh, we don't even know what it is. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. And I was like, that's I was like, true. you know what? That's fucking perfect because I guarantee you my dad doesn't even know what undercoating is. No. And so Jerry is getting the insider's deal again, and Putty holds out for a high five. And Jerry makes we, a frowny face. Frowny face. We then cut to Kramer and Rick are getting close to the dealership. Oh, my God, they're going to make it back. And then they think to themselves, I wonder how much longer we could have gotten. They grab hands just like Thelma and Louise before they go over the cliff, and they keep going. <laughs> I didn't find that stuff. I'll say I didn't care for the tag because guess what? They're not the first people ever to fucking run out of gas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in the tag, they kind of just for, for this storyline in the tag, cause there's also um, a discussion otherwise, but um, for them, it's like, yeah, they just kind of like land there. And the only thing that's kind of funny is that Kramer and him are still holding hands. And then they're like, yeah. And they're kind of like, Looking around, smiling, but he's like, "Okay, it, the moment's over. You can let go of my hand." But you're right; I do like the the in the the cab when Jerry, Elaine, and George are all in the cab together, and they hear the the car drive by. You know, Kramer and Rick, and even the the cabbie's like, "Oh, there's a there's a mental institution, you know, around here." Um, mm-hmm. You know, George is eating an Arby's. Kind of making me hungry for Arby's, even though I don't want the oh, Arby's. I couldn't tell that that was. I couldn't tell that was Arby's. Yeah, he was eating an Arby's. It was a big old sandwich. Uh, but it was a sandwich. It didn't look like it was Arby's. It looked like it was a burger to me. Well, the Arby's they used that that sesame seed bun. I, I took that as Arby's. I it it would have made sense that it was Arby's for the episode. Yeah, but I couldn't tell that was. Well, Arby's. But he does mention that he that it's Arby's though. He does mention. Oh, he does. Yeah. I t- okay. Yeah. I missed that. I missed that. So all right. Um. Yeah, any all that kind of stuff. We then cut back to Kramer and Rick who keep going and they run out of gas. I do like the awkwardness of woo, they're done. And then Kramer just says, "I'll think about it," and he just fucking gets, just up gets out on the so highway. That's, yeah, that's just gets funny. out. Yeah, that's great. It's pretty funny. Yeah. You know, I do think though. To me though, the whole game would be to go out and see how far you can get and still come back. Right. I guess I can understand, but like I'm like people run out of gas every fucking day. Yeah, They're like it's not a yeah. Not you know who runs deal. out of gas? But, morons, morons run out of gas. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is still it's okay. Sure. So, um, did you notice that at the end they did another little tag? You know, like the uh, the the betrayal episode, they had the good night jug dish yeah. at the very last end card. They did the same on this episode, but it was a nickel. From the old man who was talking about, oh yeah, the Hershey uh, bars. I could, I remember when the candy bar was a nickel. Yeah, and I think next episode they're gonna do. Um, they do. They, they're gonna do the um, what Mexican radio song uh, by Talking Heads at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this one. Having, and the, this the one, editor. It's apparently the editor has gotten carte blanche to just do whatever the hell yeah. they want. I will say the Jugdish one was the best, and then it's, it's this one's not funny, and the next one's not funny either. Yeah, no, Jugdish is the fucking <laughs> best. Uh, dude, I kicked off the Festivus final discussion. Um, you want to take this one, or do you want me to run with it? No, let me let me run with it. I'm just debating. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm bringing it down a half a point, a half a point. Yeah, I'm definitely not bringing it down less than that. Um. You know, there were things that worked and there were things that didn't work. The insider deal stuff, um, 
the volatile Elaine and Putty relationship is solid. I liked that aspect. I thought that was decent. Kramer and the salesman going out and driving till the end of the tank is okay. I'm giving that one an okay, and probably mostly because of the relationship of the dynamic between Rick yeah. and Kramer. Oh, for sure, for that sure. Is, exactly. <laughs> like, the other stuff is just kind of ridiculous, but fine. That's the saving George, grace, for sure. <laughs> yeah. George trying to find food, but can't, and he's hungry, was fine, and they started off fine, until it completely fell apart for me. The candy bar confusion, I did not relate to. That scene, though, as we talked, was solid. Everything else about George's storyline here, like after the point of the the obsession with the Twix stuff and all this other shit, it just got worse and worse and worse. It's like they forgot that George had no money with him. It's like they forgot that he was hungry when he did the fucking Twix lineup. It's like they forgot these people are humans and can tell the fucking difference between Twix and any other goddamn candy bar. I just didn't like that part. But ultimately, the episode was still okay enough that I'm going to give it 2.5 out of 5 on the flip sides. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I actually pretty much agree with everything you're saying. Um, I, I, I thought George was very annoying this episode. He's very angry. And by the way, he's very angry yeah. next episode, too. And I'm not yeah. the biggest fan of just... George being just blanketly angry about things, you know, it just because it's become caricature. Yeah. Section. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm the angry guy. It's like, oh, you're, you're turning into your dad. Maybe uh, Frank Costanza. Maybe you're, maybe that's what's happening. Elaine and Putty, I, I thought were fine. Um, I thought the, the Jerry stuff was fun. Um, obviously, I feel like they were trying to tap into the Chinese restaurant with making this like a one location. Uh. Uh, thing you know episode but you know Kramer wasn't in the Chinese food restaurant so they he's in this one but they're also keeping him separate so it still also doesn't feel like he's in it but I actually like the Kramer storyline because I like him and Rick I, I I enjoy how easily Kramer can sort of like you know, connect with people. I, I, I like mm -hmm. that. I think that's fun. And the idea of Rick going on an adventure is kind of fun to me. But, you know, and then, of course, to reiterate, we talked about that one scene was just fantastic. Oh, yeah. And honestly, that one scene was George's saving grace, that one scene there. Um, but ultimately, it, it, it lands right in the middle, man. I'm going to just straight up give it 2.5 Twixes out of 5. Yep. Yeah, that actually was the other thing. I, Twix! You gotta say Twix! Yeah, okay, there we are. How about this? 2.5 Twixes out of five. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But yeah, it's, there it's you go. not a terrible episode. It's an episode that, like, whenever I think back on it, I never, like, would be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch that one. But maybe moving forward, I'll maybe pay more attention to it, because it's not a... It's not a bad episode, no. but it's definitely a middle of the ground episode. And honestly, it, I think it could have been like like with the idea and the setup of it, it could have been much worse. I think. Ah, uh, yeah, possible. But I mean, from I swear, from the Seinfeld groups on Facebook, they feel like this is the greatest goddamn episode of all time. I, I see Twix like all the goddamn time. Yeah, yeah. So it was eyebrows too. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Oh, uh, but know. you know. Still, fun episode. Um, you know what else is fun? Yes. All the shows on the BFOP network. Adam, what That's do you right. like to call it? 
the Beef Up Network. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, go check out all the shows on the BFOP Network. Uh, talking back, action, action. People don't forget. Throwback Trivia Takedown, Blast from Our Past Podcast, Return to Revenge Resurrection, Comics Underground, and Podcasting After Dark. All shows uh, are fantastic, if we do say so ourselves. We just just like with um, you know, uh, uh, supporting things that we support. Uh, I only listen to podcasts that, or I should say, I only support podcasts that I listen to, and I listen to all the podcasts on our network, and I love them all, so I hope you all check them out as well. Um, you can find every link to every podcast on our network website, bfopnetwork.com. That's bfopnetwork.com. But uh, some great uh, content's being produced, and everyone's most everyone's got a Patreon page, so support the shows that you want. And I, I say, you know what? Support podcasts that you love. doesn't have to be with something on BFOP Network. You know, it can be anything. Just support any kind of creative out there because times are tough mm-hmm. and creatives need it at this point. And, uh, you know, and we do appreciate all the love and support you give us. And a free way to support our show and every show on the BFOP Network is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They both go a long way to, uh, you know, bringing new listeners into the show, our show or any show. And again, same rules apply. If you like a podcast, I don't care what it is, Leave them a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps, even if it's somebody outside of our network. Um, But we'll catch you guys next week on the Patreon feed with... The Reverse People. We wrestled the demon Pazuzu in The Exorcist. Your mother is in here, Karis. Would you like to leave a message? I'll see that she gets it. We hooked the fisherman killer, Ben Willis, and I know what you did last summer. Oh, you got a letter? I got run over, Helen gets her hair chopped off, Julie gets a body in her trunk, and you get a letter. That's balanced. We survived a summer away with the angel of death, Angela Baker, in sleepaway camp. Look what I did. I packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride up to camp. Wasn't that nice of me, hmm? But we ain't seen nothing yet. Join Alex and Dean of the Return Revenge Resurrection Podcast as we go toe-to-toe with the ever-resourceful Michael Myers. I shot him six times! Be there as we discuss the Halloween franchise in its entirety, from John Carpenter's beloved 1978 classic to David Gordon Green's epic forthcoming finale. I shot him in the heart! We cover it all. The good, the bad, and the bloody. Return Revenge Resurrection, a podcast that slashes its way through horror movie franchises. You don't know what death is. New episodes every Thursday, available wherever podcasts are found. I told everyone!